It's your boy Brad Starks here in the Roto Lounge. Just had a live Zoom chat with some patrons. Shout out to Luke and Seth. Afterwards, we did some underdog fantasy best ball drafts, which I'm going to have to do some best ball drafts, do some live streaming so we can really identify the players that we want to target in our drafts. Shout out to them. We, we did a few drafts and uh, trying to win that, that million dollars in that best ball. But tonight we're going to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the players that we want to target in our redraft leagues and our dynasty leagues. They have a new coach. They have a new quarterback. Things are looking up for the Colts, unlike Arizona Cardinals, which was our last episode. But we're on to the Indianapolis Colts, the fourth worst team in the NFL last year. I don't think they're going to be the fourth worst team this year. But before we get into that, again, you know what time it is. Let's get into our bourbon or whatever you're drinking on tonight. Go get it. I'm going to get mine. Meet you back here. Let's go. Right, I'm back. And originally, I was going to get on this Elijah Craig, this 94 proof, 13 year single barrel that was proofed down to 94 proof. But I drank that with the patrons and I had to double up because we we're doing some drafts. So that's gone. I polished that tonight. So I went to the cabinet and I got some. Well, it's the, the bottle is a Weller Antique Special Reserve Green Bottle, except this is a special old Boone weeded bourbon in this bottle. And it's kind of hard to explain. I'll need to probably take a picture, but it's got a hologram on the front. And it's got a gold circle on the side that talks about single barrel Old Boone Select. And a few things about Old Boone before I get into this. Let me go ahead and pour myself some. So Old Boone was a very old distillery. And little known, very little known fact that I'm going to tell you. The whole Pappy Van Winkle craze. You know, this whole Pappy Van Winkle where everybody wants to have Pappy Van Winkle. The, the Pappy Van Winkle that won all the awards that really put it on the map was an Old Boone distillate. And if you ever have a chance to get Old Boone, it's just, it's a really unique, it's a really unique flavor profile. Um, and let me go ahead and get into it and tell you what I think about this. Going into the nose, I mean, just huge, huge caramel apple. Just huge caramel apple. Like caramel apple at the fair. Maple syrup. A little, like, bananas foster, that, that burning brown sugar. Just a small hint of banana. Really, really good nose. Let's go in for the flavor profile. So good. Brown sugar, caramel, caramel brown sugar, burnt brown sugar, maple syrup. Really, really good. It's a, it's a warming bourbon. It gives you a nice warm hug, but it doesn't burn. Just a truly, truly good bourbon. Um, very unique bourbon. If you ever get a chance in any of your bourbon hunting or buying if you ever hear anyone talk about old boon juice or old boon barrel or old boon anything try to get your hands on it it is definitely good juice and potentially started the pappy van winkle craze what they have in the bottle now is not even anything like what they had back uh if you ever watched that show on netflix the bourbon heist or the bourbon king or whatever it was that was like around 2013 that was about two years after the Pappy Hyper, a year after the Pappy Hyper really took off. Um, and it's because of all those awards that it won. And they were, you know, they were rotating the juice out of those bottles. Uh, and now it's officially a distillate of Buffalo Trace. And Buffalo Trace makes this bourbon whiskey. And it's a weeded whiskey. And they pick it and they bottle it for, for Pappies. Uh, the di discarded ones apparently are, are Weller 12s. Same mash bill as Weller Antique 107, Weller Foolproof, Weller Special Reserve, Weller Single Barrel. Those are all the same weeded bourbon mash bill that goes into the Pappy Van Winkle, but except those are aged, you know, 15, 
20, 23 years. So just a very old, old wounded bourbon. So anyways, on to the Indianapolis Colts. Let's take a break for a second. We'll get back, go to the Colts. All right, we're back. We're going to get into the Indianapolis Colts. Let's get started. Dynasty and redraft. They got Shane Steichen from the Philadelphia Eagles, new, the offensive coordinator of Philadelphia, is coming to Indianapolis Colts to implement a similar team offensive scheme. You know, there's talks in the draft what they were going to do about quarterback. They took Anthony Richardson. Very excited about Anthony Richardson. They were very excited about Anthony Richardson. But Anthony Richardson is, is kind of debated between the fantasy community and the dynasty community of what he can be, what he will be. There's a lot of questions about why he didn't perform exceptionally at the college level if he's going to be this great NFL quarterback. And I have a few podcasts early on during the rookie process where I talk about Anthony Richardson. And in my opinion, he was one of the must-have players in this draft, rookie draft, because I think his potential, if he puts it all together, Anthony Richardson has the potential to be a runner like Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, but a passer like a Josh Allen, maybe a little better than Cam Newton. I mean, Anthony Richardson has the potential to be the top NFL quarterback as far as fantasy football year in and year out. When he went to the combine, he tested bigger than linebackers. He tested faster than cornerbacks. He tested more explosive than running backs. I mean, this guy is going to have the ball in his hands and potentially there's going to be players that are scared to tackle him. He's going to be that big, that intimidating, that explosive, that small defensive backs, or they might be afraid to tackle him. He's going to be able to outrun linebackers, defensive ends, pass rushers easily, outmaneuver cornerbacks. I mean, the rushing ability on its own is the reason why I'm very excited about Anthony Richardson because I think just his rushing upside is going to give him a good fantasy football floor and it's going to allow him a year or two to really develop his passing. And that's a big knock on him, his accuracy, his passing. And I do believe, watching film on Anthony Richardson, I do believe that he doesn't know how to control his arm yet. I think his arm is much stronger than he can even handle. And I think a lot of his short passes are a little too hard. I think that he needs to develop that that touch and that accuracy. We know he's got a cannon for an arm. He loves to throw the ball deep, and we'll talk about his receivers potentially. But to me, Anthony Richardson has all the tools to be an elite, absolute elite quarterback in the NFL in a potential advantage over your league mates, a league winner. In rookie drafts, if I have a pick one or pick two, I'm going Anthony Richardson for sure. If I don't have those picks, I'm trying to move up. Talking about dynasty, Anthony Richardson to me, year one, I would say he's probably going to be outside of the top 12. Could be around top 12 because he has that rushing upside. We have to remember they're still rookies. Like even though they could be great prospects, great college all-stars, they could be the best college player coming into the NFL. But the NFL is a different animal. It's a different game. They're going to have their ups and downs. They're learning. Defensive coordinators are very smart. They're going to scheme against the strengths, attack the weaknesses of these rookies once they have enough film on them. So I think Andy Richardson is going to have a few good games. I think he's going to have a few bad games. I don't think he's going to dominate year one whatsoever. I did feel like Trevor Lawrence was going to be a top 12 quarterback his first year under Urban Meyer. I missed that, but he didn't have the rushing upside that, that Anthony Richardson has. So I would confidently say Richardson, I might put it like 12, 13, 14, 15, right there on quarterback one, outside quarterback one. I don't think he's going to get in the top 11. No rookie quarterback has ever rushed for a thousand yards ever in the history of the NFL. And it's 150 years old. I think the highest a quarterback has ever rushed for a rookie season is 700 yards. 700, 800 yards. So to even get to that 
Only three quarterbacks in NFL history, I think three rookie quarterbacks, have ever eclipsed like 600 rushing yards. So I'm not pegging Anthony Richardson to have, you know, 1,900, 800, 700. I mean, I'd be happy. I would be excited if Anthony Richardson had 600 rushing yards as a rookie. Because, again, it's the NFL. He's going to have some bad games just because he's learning and he's a rookie. And he's going to have some really good games. But I don't think he's going to have a consistent good games and be a stud similar to like what you know Justin Fields did last year. I think it might take him a year to get acclimated to the NFL to really understand the speed before you really see that jump. So in redraft, I'd probably say quarterback 12, 13, 14, 15 would probably be the sweet spot. Dynasty, he's to me, he's a top 10 with potential to be top four or higher uh, in Dynasty. So in rookie drafts, I am aggressive with him. I am taking him number two overall behind Bijan, before Jameer Gibbs, before Bryce Young, before CJ Stroud. I just think he has the tools. But again, he could be a bust. He could be a complete bust. And I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if he was a bust. But I just think that potential, that upside is just so great that I want to take a chance on him. I want to invest in him. I don't want my league mates to have him because he could be a Jalen Hurts. He could be a Josh Allen. He could be a Lamar Jackson. He could be one of those quarterbacks that really just separates you from everybody in the league because he's so good and your position at quarterback is scoring so much more than your league mates that it gives you that distinct advantage in your leagues. And to me, it's worth a chance taking him that early in drafts. I think he's he's I'm much more confident of him than I am Trey Lance, who was coming from a small school, played one year, you know, didn't really profile as elite at anything. Anthony Richardson, I think, is an elite rusher. He has an elite arm. He has a lot of elite traits, elite size, elite explosiveness, elite speed. Like, Trey Lance didn't have any of that stuff. Uh, so, to me, he's much safer than Trey Lance was as a prospect. He's tr he's safer than Mitch Trubisky. He's safer than so many of these other quarterbacks that went high. And the reason they went high is because there was no other options. Anthony Richardson, I think, would be the number one quarterback in a lot of leagues. And I'm really surprised that he went after Bryce Young and and. You know, I'm not excited about Bryce Young, and we'll talk about that in the Carolina Panthers podcast, but I think Anthony Richardson was the best potential in this draft class, and, and time will tell. But let's move on to running backs, and let's talk about Jonathan Taylor, because that's what we all want to talk about. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, the guy that we love for so long as a prospect, was our number one running back prospect. And if you've been following the Road Lounge, you know that Jonathan Taylor was our guy, number one. We didn't listen to CEH. We didn't listen to any of that stuff about J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift or any of that stuff. JT was our guy. We love JT. We we didn't listen to the haters when they said he's the next Trent Richardson. We didn't listen to the haters when they said he was a bust. We said, be patient. Trust the process. JT is the man. And then JT come out, had a good rookie season at the end of, end of the season. Really shut the haters up. Going into the following season, the offseason, JT really focused on receiving the football. Wanted to catch passes. I believe that second year he caught 40 NFL passes, which is greater than any season he had in college. Ended up being the running back one, just really crushed it, has the elite speed, the elite vision, everything that we're looking for in a running back. Got injured last year, was so-so. Now we're going into a league with, now he has a franchise quarterback. This is what we need to talk about, okay? When JT broke out, he had Carson Wentz, he had Matt Ryan, he had Phillip Rivers, I think. I mean, I don't even remember the quarterbacks he had, but he had old, washed-up, non-athletic running mother effers as quarterbacks. And now he gets... The prodigy, the golden child, Anthony Richardson as quarterback. And to me, I think that is going to affect Jonathan Taylor's long-term value in dynasty drafts. Okay, so let me explain. This year, 2023 redraft, I believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to be one of the best running backs in the league. And the reason I think that 
is because Anthony Richardson is going to be learning the NFL. He's going to be learning the offense. But defenses are going to be scared enough of him that they're not going to put enough of the focus on Jonathan Taylor because they're going to be worried about Anthony Richardson. So I think in year one, with Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen running the RPO, where Anthony Richardson kind of reads defenses and allows Jonathan Taylor to make it do his thing, I think that he's going to be a good running back this year while Anthony Richardson learns the NFL and learns how to be an NFL quarterback. However, as Anthony Richardson develops into an NFL quarterback, I'm more worried about Jonathan Taylor's value and not as a, a value as a running back, but when you talk about the number one overall running back, the number two overall running back. I think this year Taylor has potential to be that player, but I don't think he does next year because, and this is why, because most running quarterbacks and most athletic quarterbacks, they don't throw it to their running backs. And we know that targets are better than handoffs, right? A target is more valuable than a handoff because a target and a reception equals one point where a handoff needs to get 10 yards to equal one point. And most Konami code quarterbacks, they don't typically like to throw to their running backs. If they get pressured, their first instinct is run the football. And Anthony Richardson has that rushing ability where he's going to think run the football, just like Jalen Hurts does, just like Lamar Jackson does, just like Justin Fields does. Not like a Trey Lance does, or not like a Trevor Lawrence does, or not like a Justin Herbert does, or not like any of these quarterbacks that they do want to run, but they'd rather just dump it off to their running back first and let them get the yards and run the football. Anthony Richardson is not going to focus on Jonathan Taylor when things break down as he gets confident and develops into a quarterback. Last year, I made a, I made a tweet this year about quarterbacks last year and the rushing quarterbacks. I think Justin Fields was the least... He threw it to his running backs. I think he, there was either 60 targets or 60 receptions. I don't remember which one it is. I mean, it is a big difference. But Justin Fields, let's just say his running backs had only 60 receptions total between all the running backs. I mean, that's not a lot at all. And then as you look at the different quarterbacks... Very few of these Konami code quarterbacks throw it to their running backs. And that's really going to take away your value as a dynasty running back. And I think players like Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley, some of these running backs, I know Daniel Jones runs the ball, but he does like to dump it off to, to Saquon Barkley quite a bit. I like the running backs that have the quarterbacks that are willing to throw them the football and let them get the reception and get the yards. So Basically, what I'm saying is in 2023, I think Jonathan Taylor is a great pick. But in Dynasty, I think I'd rather have B. John Robinson over him. I think I'd rather have Brees Hall over him. Maybe Saquon Barkley over him. Probably not C-Mac just because of the age. Maybe even Jameer Gibbs because Jameer is going to get, you know, 80 targets, 70 targets as a rookie. And you're talking about if he stays healthy, Jameer Gibbs is going to get 100 targets on average as he develops into an NFL running back with experience. So... There's a good chance that moving forward, JT's not even a top four, top five dynasty running back. And I know that's that might sound crazy right now. You might want to turn the podcast off because you're like, what the hell are you talking about? JT is the man. Trust me, I know JT's the man. I know JT is a freaking beast, right? I love JT. JT won me the title as, as, a, as a second year running back because we had faith in JT. But we're looking at long term and we got to be one step ahead of our competition. We can't just believe what's happened in the past. We have to talk about what's going to happen in the future. What are scenarios that could affect these players and sometimes we need to talk about positive scenarios sometimes we have to talk about negative scenarios but we're not going to just shy away from the negativity because that's our guy or that's who we love or our emotion and i tell luke all the time you can't drive with emotion even if i like a certain player you got to go with what we think is going to happen does it make sense with our build things like that you know so jt could be a great player in 2023 
he'll still be a top five running back in 2024, 2025, I believe, top 10 at least. I just don't know if he's going to be that number one running back. And those things change every year. The number one running back changes every year. And I would look at some of these young guys, these Brees Halls, the Jameer Gibbs, the, the Bijan Robinsons. These running backs are going to start moving into those top one, two, three, four, five type positions. So be careful how much you value Jonathan Taylor. I love him. I love him a lot. But I am concerned that the quarterback isn't going to throw to the running back as much as we want. And those are valuable points from those targets. So we want to be careful of that. All right, moving into wide receivers real quick. Let's go into wide receivers real quick. The number one guy is Michael Pittman. Okay, Michael Pittman had a decent rookie season, kind of fell off year two. Year three, I think he definitely is a player that we want to look at because he fits into what Anthony Richardson's strengths are. Anthony Richardson's strengths are throwing the ball deep, getting guys down the field, and making plays. And I think that when or if or when Anthony Richardson develops that passing acumen, then I think that Michael Pittman is really going to benefit from that development. And I think he's going to be the top target for the Colts. What does that mean in 2023? Do I think that Michael Pittman is going to be a thousand yard receiver? Uh, I don't think so. I think that Michael Pittman is going to be a safety valve for Anthony Richardson. I think he could have a really good season. If we look at what he did last year, he was wide receiver 20. He had 99 receptions for 925 yards and four touchdowns. You know, I just kind of talked about, do I think Michael Pittman is a thousand yard receiver? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's right there on the edge. I mean, I think he could be, but I think he could also be, you know, 800. I think he could be between 800 and 1100. So that's really going to fluctuate his draft position. But right now, last year, he was wide receiver 20. This year, when you look at ADP, he's going as wide receiver 21. And so it's pretty much he's going lower than what he finished last year. And so that means that the community, the fantasy community must believe that they're going to run the ball a lot more. And Anthony Richardson is going to run the ball a lot more. Last year, I think Justin Fields passed for, what, 2,000 yards last year? 2,242 yards. So if Anthony Richardson throws for 2,000 yards, oh, there's no way that Pittman's going to get a half of that because you got you got yards going to the tight ends. You got yards going to the running backs. You got yards going to the other wide receivers. Just a lot. You're, you're not going to get one player to get 50% of the, the offensive market share. That's just not going to happen. So for Michael Pittman to get 1,000 yards for receiving, you really need Anthony Richardson to hit 3,000 passing yards. Last year, Daniel Jones had 32. Tua had 35. Russell Wilson had 35. Derek Carr had 35. Davis Mills had 31. Mac Jones, he had 2,997, 3,000 yards. Let's see what his number one wide receiver was last year. I don't think it's going to be a 900-yard receiver. Devontae Parker was wide receiver 68 at 539 yards. So, And we go through these exercises because it helps us identify what the possibility is, right? So if, if Anthony Richardson only throws for 3,000 yards, what is the actual chance that 900 of it goes to Michael Pittman? So it's, it's a good scenario to think about. 3,000 yards and your best receiver had 600. I didn't look at the tight end, but I can't imagine the tight end had any more than 600. And you can look up Mac Jones, do this. In your free time, look up Mac Jones, who had 2,900 yards, who was his best receiver. Jacoby Brissett had 2,600. Jimmy Garoppolo had 2,400. Ryan Tannehill had 2,500. Look at who their best receivers were. Did they eclipse five, six, seven, 800 yards receiving? So 3,000 yards, do we think that Anthony Richardson is going to get 3,000 yards as a rookie? I mean, that to me is like a ceiling for him, especially if you want to say he's going to get, you know, 500 yards rushing. If he gets more than that, 
Andy Dalton had 2,800. Okay, I know DJ Moore had 800 last year. So if he hits three, if he goes to 3,000, maybe maybe he does get 800. Davis Mills had 3,100. I think his best receiver was Brandon Cooks. I think he had 700. Marcus Mariota, 2,200. Dak Prescott, 2,800. I know that C.D. Lamb had 1,100 yards as, as, as his number one receiver. So I guess it is possible if he gets around 2,800 or 3,000 yards passing, Michael Pittman could get 800, 900, 1,000, 1,100. So... You have to determine what do you think the quarterback for the Colts is going to do. If Gardner Minshew is the quarterback, I don't think Michael Pittman has as good of a season because Gardner Minshew doesn't have the arm that Anthony Richardson has. And I think Richardson is really going to exploit defenses and be able to get the ball downfield to Pittman because Pittman is a better receiver down the field than other receivers on this team. And I think that Richardson is going to take advantage of that. And... Pittman is going to have a good season based on that. But again, looking at the stats, maybe it's only six, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred yards. We have to tempt our expectations, temper our expectations. But again, I'll go look at those quarterbacks. You should go look at those quarterbacks and let's see what was their best receiver when they only threw for twenty eight hundred yards. Because I think that's probably right around where Anthony Richardson is going to be as a rookie and if a quarterback. And that's why I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a better player this year because. They're going to lean on that run a lot and then lean on Anthony Richardson to run the ball and then throw it to receivers uh, when needed. All right, other receivers that we have, Alec Pierce, not a big fan. Josh Downs, not a big fan, okay? There is proof showing us history. Wide receivers, 5'9 and lower, 5'9 and shorter. Their height, their arm length, their weight. It just doesn't work out, whether it's due to the NFL talent, whether it's due to their size, whether it's due to injuries. Those receivers just don't typically work out. And maybe it's just coincidence, but Josh Downs is already hurt. Josh Downs is already hurt. And when I watched this film, when I was breaking down prospect film of Josh Downs, I felt like every reception he had that was contested, he hit the ground, he got up, and he looked like he was shaking off an injury. And I'm like, dude, you're like five foot eight. You're going to go to the NFL and get hit by the hardest. You're going to get in a car accident every freaking week. And you think you're going to stay healthy? That plus the addition of perhaps having a short wingspan a short small catch radius going against nfl players yes maybe he will have a few good games but when you're talking about like a consistent career i don't see it in josh downs i could be wrong but i don't see it and i'm sorry i hope i'm not offending you but it's probably this boone old boone whiskey that i'm drinking so i apologize for that but i'm not a big fan of josh downs not a big fan of alex alec pierce i know my boy daniel is an alec pierce fan so i hope he does good but personally i'm not a big fan of his who I might be a big fan of is a receiver that the Colts actually just draft or sign in free agency. And I know you're going to boo me for this. If I had a sound effect, boo, I know you're going to hit me on this. It's Brashad Perriman. Boo, boo. The Colts signed Brashad Perriman, who's been from team to team to team to team. He'll be competing for the same position as Alec Pierce. And while I don't expect him to overtake Alec Pierce as that receiver, I expect him to make the team. And because of his elite speed, I expect him to be someone that Anthony Richardson will take advantage of. And the Colts offense will send Brashad Perriman deep to try to exploit the defense, to spread things out so that Jonathan Taylor has more running room. And I think that Brashad Perriman could put up, you know, 300, 400 yards, maybe 500 yards. Um, but again, that's probably wishful thinking because we know who Brashad Perriman is and he's just a scrub. So we might get lucky if he gets 200 yards receiving, but keep your eye on Brashad Perriman. Keep your eye on the off season camps and see what, what he does. This Boone County is really starting to make me feel real good. Cheers. We're going to talk about the tight ends and then I'm gonna get you out of here. Okay. Let me pour a little bit more of this Boone. We'll, we'll go out on a good note. Tight ends. 
I know a lot of people like Jelani Woods. Former quarterback, turned tight end, potential six foot seven, right? I think he's like six seven, runs pretty well. Reports come out that oh, he's the best, he's the best situation to take over for Dallas Goddard. That's BS. That's totally BS. First of all, Dallas Goddard was a freaking phenomenal college prospect. A terrific blocker, a terrific receiver. Like Dallas Goddard is like under the radar elite. If he could stay healthy, if he could play all the time, Dallas Goddard would be the elite tight end. He just has like a glass jaw, a glass body, whatever he's got. He's always getting hurt. So he never reaches his full potential. Jelani Woods is nothing like Dallas Goddard. So let's just go ahead and clear. Let's just clear that up. If you had any type of hope that Jelani Woods was Dallas Goddard, just kiss that goodbye because he is not even close to Dallas Goddard. He's a freaking quarterback converted to a tight end who's still learning the position, who just happens to be six foot seven and athletic. But he's been dealing with injuries because why? Because quarterbacks aren't used to running routes every single play and getting hit all the time and having to block people. That's just not what quarterbacks do. So he's learning the position. He's getting injured. He's already injured right now. He's never had a rep with Anthony Richardson. So they're going based on potential, based on hype, based on whatever. But this is manufactured hype. This is manufactured. I mean, he he had some good games against teams that the Colts had no business even doing good against because they were so bad. So Jelani Woods, while yes, if he can stay healthy, he does have potential to be decent, I guess, if he develops. But I'm not here to anoint him as the tight end one for the Colts. And actually, I like a lot of other tight ends for the Colts. The one Colt right now, according to Indianapolis Colts insiders, is Kylan Granson, who is being absolutely incredible, taking advantage of his opportunities in this system with all the tight ends hurt. So you talk about Jelani Woods is hurt. Their rookie, Will Mallory, is hurt, who I really, really like. And then the rookie last year who had an ACL tear, Mo Alley Cox is the one that nobody's really talking about right now. He's actually healthy, but the people that are talking are talking about Kylan Granson and showing how incredible he is. However, Kylan Granson is only six foot two, and that's the only thing that concerns me is he's he's six foot two compared to a six foot seven tight end with a huge catch radius, which is definitely going to help the quarterback when you know you can throw it and they can jump and outmaneuver most defensive backs. Andrew Ogletree. Okay, I don't know who Andrew Ogletree is. Maybe some people did know that he was a good prospect towards ACL. I don't know. But I am betting my money on Will Mallory from the Miami Hurricanes. Because when I watch his film, he is a decent blocker. Tremendous receiver. Is good against zone coverage. When he catches the ball, he, he wants to try to score. Athletically, size, I think he's 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260, whatever. R reminds me a lot of George Kittle. Reminds me of George Kittle as a prospect. They went in similar rounds. I think they both went in round five. The difference between the two, George Kittle had a killer instinct when he caught the football. He wanted to destroy people. I, I still don't know why he didn't get the ball more at Iowa, but when he did get the ball, he absolutely had that killer instinct. And as a fifth-round pick, he was a flyer in, in many of my, my leagues. And, and we're not going to hit the tight end every year. Like, I'm going to tell you guys every year, tight ends to stash. Last year was Jeremy Ruckert. The year before that, I think it was Irv Smith. I mean, I've been on a lot of these guys that sometimes they don't pan out. But whenever we get the one that does pan out, it is going to pay dividends on all the ones that didn't pan out, right? So this year is Will Mallory out of Miami. He fits perfect in Shane Steichen's offense with Anthony Richardson. I'm telling you, like, he, he can do everything they need him to do. He can block. He can get over passes. He's also dealing with a hamstring injury right now, I believe. 
I'm really hoping that he can get healthy and get into camp, get some reps. Because as much as I like Kylan Granson, as much as I like some of these tight ends, I really think that that Will Mallory can be a sleeper tight end that can help this team win and help your fantasy teams win. Stashing him, putting him on your taxi, treating him like a George Kittle, giving him a year. You know, George Kittle actually broke out as a rookie. He dealt with a lot of injuries, but he did show glimpses as a rookie. Getting Will Mallory, putting him on your taxi squad, kind of evaluating. Last year, my guy I said was uh, Jeremy Rucker. Reports are coming out now that he dealt with a Liz Frank last year, and that's why. But apparently he's crushing this year in, in camp, so we still have our eye on him. But this year is Will Mallory. I'm drafting him. I'm putting him on my dynasty rosters, my taxi squads, just to see what happens. I'm not really excited about anybody in the tight end room other than Mallory. Uh, I know Granson is getting a lot of hype right now, but if Jelani Woods does develop into a tight end, he has the size, he has the speed. He has the potential to be good, but does he actually convert to that tight end? Does he develop into that tight end? Or is it just potential that doesn't, you know, come to fruition? Those are decisions that you have to make. That's my opinion on the Colts. That's my opinion on the Colts. The fourth worst team in the NFL last year. I've been drinking freaking Elijah Craig since... What time did we get together, patrons? Seven? Eight? Yeah, I've been drinking, I've been drinking probably since 8 o'clock. Here it is, almost midnight. But this is what we do. This is what we do. We drink bourbon. We do fantasy drafts. We crush the competition. We win money. We always stay a, ste a step ahead of our competition. We think outside the box. We get creative. We do the things that we need to do to be successful. And hopefully, by listening to these podcasts and evaluating these players and these teams, it's going to help you get ready for your drafts. And I know that by the end of this, once I do all 32 teams, it's going to give me a better idea of where these players should be drafted comparably to other players at their positions and other teams and what that looks like in our fantasy draft. So I'll do a recap. Most of the Colts players we want in Dynasty. We want Jonathan Taylor, obviously. We want Anthony Richardson, obviously. Um, to me, I want Will Mallory, obviously. In redrafts, we're really hyping Jonathan Taylor this year. We're downgrading Anthony Richardson just a tad. We're on the fence with Michael Pittman Jr. And we're on the fence with their tight ends. Probably going Jelani Woods or Will Mallory. We're going to watch training camp and see how that turns out. We could be surprised and Kylan Granson could be the Dallas Goddard of this offense. So don't sleep on Kylan Granson. Keep your eyes on him. If we, if we start to hear a lot about Kylan Granson in camp, he's not even being drafted in any leagues right now. So just keep your, keep your ears open. What do you see on that tight end position? Is something we want to keep our eye on going into the season and who Anthony Richardson is really favoring as far as his tight end. And it could help us come playoff time. It could help us in the season. You know, there could be some free agent pickups that, that we need to do during the season, but let's keep our eye on that tight end position. Even as the season goes on, if there's no for sure starter, maybe that becomes more clear as the season goes on and we can add one of those tight ends and free agency on our waiver wire. All right, fam. Well, let me finish this old boon. I appreciate you listening to me for 47, almost an hour. If you want to get more information, go to patreon.com backslash Lounge. Follow me on Twitter at Lounge. Leave me some reviews. Contact me. Let me know what you want to hear. Find me on Twitter. Love doing this. Love talking fantasy football. Love drinking bourbon whiskey. Love interacting with you. So hit me up and, and we'll talk fantasy football. So till next time. We're going to go with the fifth worst team, and I don't even know who that is, but the fifth worst team, we'll figure that out next episode. For the Colts, for Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Will Mallory, Jelani Woods, all those good guys. 
Cheers to a good fantasy season, and we'll talk next episode. This has been your boy Brad Starks. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>